smart and work hard, but just aren't where or who you want to be. Welcome to your podcast, Real Confidence. I'm your host, Alyssa DeVere, and I'll be sharing a bit of brain science, some surprising social secrets, and a touch of tough love. Why? Because I believe confidence is everyone's fundamental right and choice. Let's get to it. So I'm up early because I've been thinking about what happened yesterday. And I applied to speak at a conference, one of my very favorite conferences all year. It's a women's conference. And I applied after speaking with the organizers because it would be my fourth year and wanted to make sure I was still presenting something that was of interest to them. So yeah, I applied and I got accepted and it's a big honor because they get hundreds of proposals. And I always get really good marks there, get a lot of business out of it in terms of uh, follow on keynotes and workshops and make a ton of friends. And it's just a really positive vibe that happens. Now, mind you, this year was virtual. Uh, last year was virtual, but I actually was asked to record from campus. So it was a little hybridy for me, but this year, totally virtual. And of course, put in a whole bunch of preparation, a little bit of a different type of presentation, but all the prep to learn the technology, a lot of sessions. Uh, I wanted to do live coaching. So we're trying to recruit people. It turns out I couldn't do that because of the technology wouldn't allow it. So there was a lot of juggling to get ready for this. Let's just say I was all psyched, a lot of social posts, the whole nine yards. And go to present and everything seems to be rocking and rolling for the first few minutes. And then duh, like a thud, all the chats are like, can't hear Alyssa, can't see Alyssa, what's going on, what's going on? Anyway, long story long, sorry about that. Thank you for listening to my frustration. I talked to the, the tech people and the organizers. We tried again. They got on for another five minutes and ugh, the technology fell over. So moral of the story is I had to record the version of the session, which as always, I build these incredibly interactive sessions. So not so easy to do to a screen technology only, <laughs> at least having somebody to chat back or a host. So my session moderator offered to do it with me and it was really good. And, and honestly, I think the recording um, came out really well, but in fact, me even be better than the live session because she did then do some of the live coaching with me that I had originally intended and wanted. So, you know, in the end, I won't say it was necessarily better experience because I'm, I don't know if people are going to watch it. After all of that, we had 380 people online. So, you know, I really, I do hope that people will watch it, but you know, you make the best of it and you look back and as frustrating and annoying and disappointing as it was, I'm like, yeah, it wasn't my fault. It was the technology. Of course, I'm like saying to my husband, I got to get a new PC because thinking it's my fault. But reality is that happens. Tech issues happen. It's like having planning a big event outside, you know, a wedding or bar mitzvah or something and then having it rain or snow, right? There's only so much you can control in those ways. And even though you're profoundly disappointed, and frustrated, it's not something that you necessarily take personally. And in that way, you know, it's maybe, I don't want to say it's easier to overcome. You're still going to be frustrated like I am 24 hours later, but 
you know, you don't really take it at that personal confidence level. So, you know, but it made me started thinking about disappointment and how it rattles around in our brains. It keeps us up at night, obviously makes us up, wake up early the next day. And in some cases, disappointment takes the piss out of us, right? We get demotivated. We don't want to do anything. We don't want to talk to anyone. We're just grumpy and aggravated. At the same time, disappointment can make us motivated to work harder. It can push us to a place that says, I've got to do better. I've got to have more plan Bs. I've got to have more preparation. And I don't think either one, quite honestly, as always, is the right answer. There's something in the middle. Now, what I described with the conference or even a rainy day event, Alanis Morissette would say it's ironic, but it's not. <laughs> it's just out of our control. Um, are rejections that are disappointments that really pull at our sense of rejection personally, right? So, you know, I will tell you that fresh out of college, I applied to go to Harvard Business School. Let's say, you know, figured go to the best of the best. And when I didn't get in, um, months, it took me months of recovery. When I finally hounded down the admissions officer, now this is back in the day, quite frankly, we didn't have a lot of email, internet kind of stuff. So, you know, it really was calling, 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 almost tempted to go and bang on the door. Um, the admissions officer said, well, you know, your B plus average at Wharton wasn't good enough for us at Harvard. And I thought at that moment, well, screw you, right? But it didn't necessarily give a salve to my hurt feelings of not being accepted, right? And I'm sure you have stories, and forgive me for being so hoity-toity about it, but I have thousands of my own stories collected of jobs that I applied to that not only <clears throat> didn't I get through the stupid systems, the resume systems, or got to an interview where the junior person who was like, no, you're not right, or even got through the process. And boy, I'll tell you a story maybe in another podcast where I was hired because other people that they had made offers to hadn't accepted yet. Yeah, I mean, you know, all kinds of crap, I can tell you. Let me, let me, let me be perfectly blunt. The hiring game stinks, especially as it kills people's confidence. Uh, I would probably be extraordinarily rich for every speaking gig that I was not accepted to. And oftentimes you don't even hear back. Like you, you take all this time, you put in, quote, an application, much like a job application, and you don't even hear back from these people running events. And then sometimes you hear back with this standard, you know, we got thousands of applications and yours just wasn't selected. I'm like, yeah, right. Did you even look at mine? Did you even check out the videos? You know, I mean, I know there's good speakers out there, but let me tell you, nobody has reviews like I do. Nobody talks about the subject that I do and it fits with your confidence perfectly. And so when I suspect that, yeah, I do hound people down and I want to know why. We'll come back to feedback in a minute. But, you know, job rejection, speaking rejections. How about just relationship rejections? You know, people who you may have had a romantic relationship or wanted to have a romantic relationship. Gosh, with my teenage boys, I'm not teenagers really anymore, 18, 22. I talked to them. I talked to my friends who have kids. You know, they're terrified of asking somebody out and being rejected. And I, you know, I've been married too long to remember that feeling 
you know, kind of intrinsically, but I get it. I get it. You know, it doesn't take a romantic relationship to rock your confidence in that sense. How about just a business relationship? Somebody who's not, you know, connecting with you, you don't, you know, you reach out either online or otherwise, and they're just like not responding or they're not being giving you the love, you know, they're giving you that kind of cold shoulder. It happens all the time, even platonic, totally platonic friendship relationships, you know, maybe you're on a nonprofit board or, or uh, committee or something like that, or you are hanging out with your kids uh, at a kid's soccer game, trying to talk to the other parents, you know, it doesn't matter that sense of they don't like me. You know, I did that podcast first up that whole rejection part on our confidence really takes it down. So disappointment in things that you want, people you want to be with, achievements, goals, things like that, they all kind of fall in that bucket, believe it or not. You know, how many times have you sent an email and waited and waited for an answer and somebody doesn't get back to you and you just assume it's because they don't like you or not interested in reality. They just stink at email. They're, you know, they're buried. Happens to me myself. I get several hundred a day and you know, I feel badly when I don't get back to somebody, but I'm sure they're sitting there stewing. And then you get an email back that says, just want to make sure you got this and I'm hoping to hear from you, you know, and you feel, you feel badly, but imagine what that other person's feeling like, right? Because it happens in both directions. The ultimate disappointment. <laughs> and I say this because it's so ridiculous. I am being a little sarcastic is social media. You know, you post something and it doesn't get as many likes or shares or doesn't get a comment or gets a comment that's not so good, right? Huge disappointment. I remember my birthday this year. Oh. Yeah, so you're sitting there and people are wishing you a happy birthday and you're like, oh, that's so nice. I got five, I got 10, I got 20, whatever the number is. And somehow, some way, you see that other people are getting hundreds. And you feel like, not just fear of missing out, you feel like a fear of being the biggest loser on Facebook. Yeah. So, you know, disappointment comes in all kinds of flavors and it is more often than not tied to that rejection fear. The one that really is the core of all our confidence crises. Again, maybe the rain or the technology we can blame for the failure, if you will, of, uh, or the disappointment of something specific, but in reality, underneath all of it, there's still that kind of rejection reaction what did I do wrong to deserve this? So I want to offer a couple ideas. And, you know, at the conference that was yesterday, and I mentioned it was all about resilience. That was the theme. And one of my personal heroes, Angela Duckworth, she's another um, great author. Her book is Grit, and she's a UPenn faculty member. So I get to kind of see and be close to it. Um, I really enjoy her work. I enjoy her. I think she's one of the very few wonderfully authentic people out there. But she talked um, along these lines of resilience, very much similar to what's in my books about looking at failure, looking at disappointment, not from a personal perspective, but a quantitative data perspective and learning from it not just because we say you should learn from your failures, but really use it as an opportunity to get feedback, to examine what went wrong, to examine what went right, and to decide if you're gonna do it again 
better differently. So we're gonna take a really quick sponsor break and when we come back, I'm gonna tell you precisely how. This podcast was sponsored by the American Confidence Institute. ACI trains smart, hardworking people how to use basic brain science to more effectively coach themselves and others. ACI is endorsed by top universities, the Strategic HR Management Association, and International Coaching Federation. Learn more about ACI's uniquely empowering keynotes, workshops, e-classes, and coaching certification at www.americanconfidenceinstitute.com. So I want to break those down into really clear steps, because if you have had a recent disappointment, I'm hoping that this will help you not just get over it faster, but get back on the horse if that's the right thing to do, or tell the horse to just go away and get it out of your brain so you sleep better and can move on. And if you haven't had a major disappointment lately, maybe you can apply a past one just to see how it feels and works. Maybe it's a cognitive cycle still playing in the back of your head. Here we go. Step one, whatever your goal, whatever your process to prepare for it, try and be realistic. Now it sounds really easy, right? But look, if you're gonna apply for Harvard Business School, go find out what the requirements are, right? If you're going to apply for a particular college or job, do your homework, get information, find out what's really required. So when you apply and you're not accepted, you recognize that, you know what? They didn't even look at my resume. They didn't look at my speaker rail, right? Don't be one of those people who submits things expecting that the organization, the junior recruiter, the, the low level event planner is gonna make an exception for you right? You're great. Then that doesn't take anything away from your greatness. It's just, it's not realistic. So find out what the rules are, find out what the requirements are and do something about it. Prepare, get ready, have a plan B, have a plan B. Yeah. Plan B yesterday was to record not always the ideal plan B of course, but have a plan B so that when plan A doesn't go well, you have something to lean on. When I go to present in live scenarios, I joke with all event planners, I have plan B, C, D, E, and F. I have bags full of cords. I have things on flash drives. I have all kinds of ways to make sure that I'm successful, even with the things that I can't control, like AV. So step two, if you really want something, you prepare, you know what's required, come up with a plan B, maybe even a plan C. Next, when you don't succeed, when it's disappointing, when you get rejected, lick your wounds for a while. Give yourself some self-compassion. Allow yourself to feel shitty for a while. Maybe it's 24 hours, maybe it's 20 minutes. But set a clock, say to yourself, you know what? I'm not going to fight this feeling for a period of time. I'm just gonna let it happen. I'm gonna whine, I'm gonna you know, maybe take the rest of the afternoon off, do what you need to do to just be frustrated and angry, but allow yourself to do it with some limit. I know it sounds crazy in a, in, in a way, like, why would you do that? Well, because that anger, that frustration needs to go somewhere. 
And if you go ahead and jump on that remedy right away, your brain cells are not all aligned. You don't have full capacity. So allow that anger, that frustration to simmer down a bit. You know, it's kind of like writing that email right after you're pissed off at getting that somebody else's, you know, that you should let it sit in the, in the draft box, read it a couple hours or a day later, and you're going to see the anger and frustration in the words. So let the anger boil for a little bit, let it simmer down, and then you can deal with it better. Next, be your own forensic detective. And what I mean by that is, yeah, go get feedback. Go think about what you did or didn't do to prepare and what you could do better. Figure out, find out what went wrong, why you didn't get the job, why you didn't get the gig, why somebody wasn't interested in you. And ask almost matter-of-factly, you know, I understand you selected somebody else, but I'm very interested to understand what I could have done better so that I can improve going forward. Now, will everyone give you that feedback? No, they won't. They won't take the time because they're not that nice. <laughs> they might not give you the feedback because they're embarrassed why they picked somebody else. Really, I mean it. But you'd be surprised. I don't know what the percentage is, but I do get a fair amount back with some legitimate explanation. When I say legit, legit for them, I don't always agree. I will say that. We were looking for somebody, and then I'll say to them, yeah, but that presenter, have you ever seen her present? She stinks. <laughs> She's boring. Anyway, you have to kind of at least take the data and just go, okay, it's data. It's what it is. So be your own forensic detective anytime you get disappointed and learn from it, of course. The last thing is I want you to really deliberately, consciously decide once you have that information. Do you want to do this thing again? Do you want to apply to a job like that or a gig like that or, a, or try and, and have another relationship with that same person or somebody like that? And just make your con confidence choice right then and there. Hmm. Based on what I know, based on what I did, based on what I'm willing to do to do it again, do I really want to do this? And I give you full and utter permission. In fact, I want you to take that control to say, yes, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it differently. And here's how, or nah, I'm not going to do it again. I'm not going to apply to business to school again. I really, it's not, I don't want it bad enough. And allow yourself to live with that decision and also change your mind later. So for now, I'm not applying. I don't have it in me. I don't want to do it. I don't think that I can live up to those requirements and, and needs right now. But maybe six months from now, a year from now, I might try again and allow yourself to do it then. It is that power, that ability to choose, that mindfulness about what you value, what you want. And saying, if I really do value and want that thing, that relationship, that job, that person to respond to my email, that you will either learn and figure out how to get it, that resilience, that persistence required, that's a confidence requirement right there, or 
I really don't want it that badly. And I'm going to free myself, my cognitive cycles, my energy, my time, my money, and I'm going to do something else. I'm not going to do that thing again. Because disappointment takes energy. Avoiding disappointment, preparing takes energy. And if you decide consciously to take that energy, that spirit, that mojo, and apply to other things that maybe you feel won't be so disappointing, that you can put all your brain cells behind, that's really liberating. That's, that's where your confidence explodes positively. That's where it grows and you say, I've made a decision to do that. So my friends, I'm hoping that you're looking at disappointment now, maybe a little differently. You know, I, one of my favorite Alyssa-isms is that life is a laboratory. You know, I've said this in a prior podcast, Edison, one of the great inventors, you know, said 10,000 ways to find out what doesn't work to only find out the one way that does. A lot of disappointment in that comment, right? It's easy to say. It's easy to think kind of esoterically, but then when it happens to you, when something happens and you get the piss punched out of you, it hurts. It hurts emotionally. It may even hurt physically. So don't think that I want you to avoid disappointment, belittle it, think that it's not normal. I want you to just look at disappointment as part of life. It's part of the human experience. It's part of what we have to do, like it or not, to learn, to grow, to be our better, best selves. And if we can use disappointment in a way that's more productive than just ruminating and telling ourselves we're losers, that's where our confidence get, has a chance to become what we want it to be. That's where our confidence, our ability to show others that disappointment doesn't have to be the end but rather just part of the process. That's gonna wrap up this episode. I hope you found it helpful. And if so, please like or share the podcast on whatever channel you're listening to now, because you know that getting confidence, the best way is to give it to others. So thank you for doing that. You can send a little confidence my way with your feedback any topics you'd like to hear in the future, best way to reach me is at info at AmericanConfidenceInstitute.com. So for now, this is Alyssa DeVere. And again, thank you for bringing confidence to the world. This podcast was produced by Mindful Media. All rights reserved by Alyssa DeVere and the American Confidence Institute. Music written and performed by Jeff Weinstein.